Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and joining me to preview the Texans Cardinals game. Ed Smith, the host of the Believe in Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Believe Network. Ed's also a former NFL tight end in the late 90s with the Falcons, Eagles, Lions, and Washington. So a great, great history for him. Thanks for giving us a few minutes, Ed. Hey, appreciate you having me on, Robert. I've been looking forward to it. Now, do I have this right? I was looking at your history. Did you play for Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb on the Eagles for a few games? I did. That was my, you know, 99. I was there with uh, Andy and his rookie coaching year as well as Donovan. So, you know, it wasn't the greatest team, but it was definitely filled with some entertainment. And, you know, Andy was just getting rolling. But, yeah, I played on that team. Doug Peterson was actually one of our quarterbacks as well. He's now head coach in the NFL. And there was a few other guys, uh, some some big names on that team as well. But, yeah, I was there with Andy and uh, Donovan. Did you see the potential in Andy at that point? What did you think back then? You know, I, I didn't see it initially. You know, and I'd been around a few different coaches. I played for Coach uh, Dan Reeves, uh, Bobby Ross, uh, you know, a few others. And I didn't see it, but I, I won't say – I can't say it wasn't there. It's just it wasn't blossomed yet. You know, it was his first experience, you know, new coaching staff. I'll tell you another interesting thing, Robert, uh, on that staff was uh, John Harbaugh, who was a special teams coach. He's oh, now yeah. obviously the head coach there in uh, Baltimore. He, you know, it was, a, it was a great staff, a lot of interesting coaches and players. Andy, I didn't see it, but now – that it's done now, like he's the finished product. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I could, I should have paid closer attention because he definitely had the uh, ability to do what he's doing. I just, like I said, it was real early in the process in that rookie year. Yeah, it's interesting because Andy, before he went to the NFL, he was a tight ends coach at University of Missouri when I was going to school there. So I covered the Tigers, but you know he's tight end, so I don't remember if I even had a conversation with him or anything like that. Yeah. And you just look back and you're like, oh, my God, that guy was here, you know, and then all of a sudden <laughs> it's it's a it's a uh, whole different ball game for him. Everything sort of changed. But, yeah, we had some interesting guys that went on to the NFL from that college staff, which was funny because they weren't good. I mean, it wasn't a good team yeah. at the time and it wasn't <laughs> a good time in the Missouri program. We're having a little bit better time of it this year. But I also know the NFL tight ends run in your family. Your brother Irv also a tight end and his son. Your nephew is a tight end right now. Tell our Texans crowd who your nephew is. Herb Smith Jr. He spent, uh, you know, college years at Alabama and then went on to play with uh, Minnesota for four years. First year over there in Cincinnati with the Bengals. Very proud of him. You know, he's been dealing with some injuries off and on through his career, but there's so much potential there. I hope it just eventually gets unlocked. And, you know, because he's real, he's still young, 25 years old, I think he is. And, you know, got a lot of ability within him. And I know he makes myself and his, his dad, my brother, very proud. Every week he's out there, it's, you know, fun to watch him carry the torch on. Where did you get a chance to, to catch the Texans game then at all with your with your nephew playing? I did. We, you know, I got I got the uh, the package. So I that was a very disappointing game. I'll tell you how disappointing it was for me, Robert. You know, we all do the fantasy and we do the suicide polls. Uh, polls there. This was the week where I finally, you know, with limited teams to choose from, I chose Cincinnati to beat Houston in my suicide pool. <laughs> I, I can see it coming. Knocked out. <laughs> 
man. So, you know, it's one of those I just kept thinking, there's no way they're going to lose to Houston. And sure enough, they lost to Houston. So I'm out of the pool. All that money just gone away to somebody else. All right. Well, I'm asking a bit what you thought of the Texans, but let's go to your team. And then Kyler Murray's first game back, 19 for 32, 249 yards, one interception, no touchdowns. How do you look? I was expecting a lot of rust, especially coming back from, you know, prolonged injury with the the knee. You know, it's not like he pulled the hamstring in camp and just had to work through everything. He actually tore that knee up, had the operation shortly after, was out of action for almost a year because right? I, I think it was a good 11 months. And I was expecting some severe rust and then also some hesitation in his game because we all know his one of his secret abilities is all his speed and elusiveness. And I thought he might look a little apprehensive out there. And I'll be doggone after first series or two, I started thinking to myself, no, he looks pretty good. And he's running around. He's escaping, keeping his eyes up when there's traffic around him. Didn't have that cautiousness, like, you know, people around his legs. And, you know, like maybe he was a little skittish. He played really well and, you know, didn't throw a touchdown pass. But actually, you know, he ran one in, showed his ability to, to still run the ball and extend plays. And I actually thought he looked really good considering, you know, being away from the game as long as he did with the lack of talent around them. This roster that they put together, you know, they stripped it down to the bone, Robert, and they we don't have a, an abundance of talent on the outside, wide receiver, running back. You know, we could do have James Conner. We got him back this past week to help Kyler. But with what he was working with, I thought he looked really well, uh, got the victory. Uh, you know, that's – you know, a number one right there and, you know, on to the next week. It's going to be tough, a tougher opponent, you know, heading over there to Houston, obviously, uh, especially as good well as you guys are playing. But it was good to see Kyler back on the field. Yeah, my normal co-host, uh, Sports Radio 610's Sean Bajani, who covers the Texans all the time for them, the Texans affiliate, he's out there pretty frequently and says that, you know, D'Amico's pretty worried about Kyler Murray's legs and what he could do to the Texans potentially. Um, but the thing I'm curious about is what's the feeling, Ed, from Cardinals fans? How do you feel about Murray yourself and then the Cardinals fans as him for a long-term answer for that franchise? That's the million-dollar question, Robert, because we don't – you know, they've been saying all the right things as far as our GM, Monty Austin Ford, and, and Gannon and Petsing offensive coordinator, while he was rehabbing it was, hey, Kyle's doing everything we've asked of him. He's our guy moving forward. And, you know, what were they supposed to say? Well, we'll see when he gets back what he looks like. And, you know, we'll, we might have him back or he might be our French guy's guy. We don't know. So what they've done is they've done all the politically correct speaking. They did finally get him back on the roster and in a game. Now it's going to be interesting to see what their plan is moving forward. Do they finish out the year with Kyler, maybe win a few games, and in my, my opinion, maybe a few games too many, which elevates that you know draft pick? Because right now we went into last week before the win with the number all over, number one overall pick, also having your first pick in Houston, but that pick is now elevated all the way up to the twenty spot because you guys continue to do well. So. You know, what does the organization want to do? Do they want to continue to play Murray, win a few games, push that spot, you know, even further up? What are the thoughts? Do they want to move forward with Murray? Or are they interested in, you know, some of these other quarterbacks that might be coming out in the draft? We're not going to know. I, I you know, I haven't, a, you know, a thought. You know, I think what they'll probably do is play Murray, you know, maybe a total of three, maybe four weeks here in the middle of the season. 
And then their thought might be, hey, let's sit him down. One, because we've seen enough where this team isn't going to the playoffs. We don't risk injury or anything like that. Or maybe other teams have seen enough where they might be interested in him. Maybe we can work something out trade-wise. And also, we don't want to win too many games in this meaningless season to take us out of that high draft position. So I I wish I had a crystal ball that I could tell you that I knew the answer. I'm going to be watching just like everybody else, trying to see if I can read the tea leaves and dive into their minds. But, I mean, they've got to be excited, one, that Murray is back and he looked as good as he did. But if he's their quarterback, that was a great sign. Now what they'll have to do is build around him. And if he isn't their future guy, then they can say to other teams that might be interested, look what how well he's doing and let's talk, you know. And, and like I said, they'll figure out the draft position and all that stuff moving forward. But it's going to be really interesting to see what direction they go. Me personally, I think they might be inclined to move off of him because of the money issue alone. You know, the, the, he's on that big deal now compared to if they go and draft somebody. We know how the the uh, organizations love that rookie contract with the quarterback position so they can maneuver other positions. So we'll see. I, I wish I had the answer, but, I mean, that I'm going to be keeping an eye on it just like everybody else. What percentage of the Cardinal fans want them to tank and, and just, you know, don't want to see any more of Kyler? It, it's tough because – Nobody wants their team to not do well. You know, you like to see those W's, but at the same time, if you put your GM hat on, it, you know, it, I don't necessarily, you know, you would say the T word tank, but you wouldn't mind if they lost a few more games and stayed high. I would say, oh my goodness, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say probably 60 to 65% of the fans, they know how hard it is to find a franchise guy, and with, it appears we have one, why, you know, rock the boat and go get one of those rookies when you already have a proven commodity? I do think there's a big percentage compared to the 65% that maybe they've seen enough from Murray or they think we can maybe we can do better if we go find one of those other younger quarterbacks, free up some money, et cetera, et cetera. So, but, I, you know, Murray's done exceptionally well he's not the most cordial guy and he really hasn't let fans get into his world where he's out in the public doing a lot of things. But I do think, you know, most realize how tough it is to find a guy. And if you already have one, why get rid of him or let him go somewhere else? Lots of Cardinal Texans connections. Uh, The first connection I want to hit is head coach, Jonathan Gannon. The Texans interviewed for him for their opening. They seem to like him. What's their early thoughts? for you on Gannon with the Cardinals. I like what he's done so far, Robert. I like the fact that when he got here, he knew what he was taking over. And along with Austin Ford, I think they got together and had a plan of, hey, if we're going to strip this roster down, it might be tough sledding in the first year or two, but let's do it. Why just get rid of a few guys and keep this some of this mediocre talent and try to build from there? Hey, let's break it all down. We'll get guys in here, you know, according to our draft philosophy and free agents and stuff like that. And what I like the most is this team, even though it's lacking in talent, you would never know that through the first portion of the season. Most of the games, this team has been in them. We even had a chance to win, you know, opening weekend against Washington. We had a 20-point lead against the Giants. Couldn't finish that one off. We did beat Dallas. You know, we've gone out and we've placed San Fran and the Rams 
and respectively, you know, hung in there to a certain degree each week. You you won't see any give up on this team, and that's what I like the most. I told our fans at the beginning of the season, it's not going to be a, a, so much about the wins and losses. It's going to be how this team is out there playing, and even in defeat, that they look like they were still out there fighting to the last whistle. You know, we incorporated some different mindsets and attitudes even in training camp. You know, no more late the meetings, walking in as, you know, the, the, the clock hits whatever time or eating in the meetings, bringing food. Just You know, he started developing that kind of culture, and that's impressive to me. It's not easy to do sometimes with some of these organizations. And I actually compare it to what you guys are doing over there in Houston. I think you can tell mindsets are changing within the facility, and that's sometimes even more important then the, the W's and the L's. And as far as I'm concerned, I think he's heading in the right direction. You eventually get the right talent on the roster, continue to learn the, on the on the fly, on the job. You know, there's some things I'd like for you know him to be maybe a little more aggressive, you know, maybe open the playbook even more and throw the ball down the field more. There's certain things I'd love to see, but the beginning stages, I, I think he's done a pretty good job and would definitely give him a passing grade uh, for my mind's eye. All right, now they're Texans. Connection is obviously the Will Anderson trade. What did you think of the trade? Because the consensus nationally was the Texans. They gave up too much draft capital. Most Texans fans agreed, even though they were very excited about getting Will Anderson. What was your reaction, Ed, when that trade was made? Yeah, it was a head scratcher from looking from what you guys gave up to, you know, to get him. Uh, from our perspective, it was, like I said, the, the, the teardown was on. We knew what they were doing here in terms of trying to, clear up not necessarily cap space because we didn't have a whole lot on the roster to you know kind of get rid of but you know hey they were stripping it down and it did mean maybe it was going to be tougher times around here in terms of you know the wins and losses but we dealt with Robert for four years plus with Kime and Kingsbury I mean it was you know every year it was like what the heck are they doing and it with that trade with Will, it was almost like, okay, I can see what they're trying to do. And it was a good start for him. And, you know, things have worked out, I think, pretty well for both sides so far. Yeah, I just wondered because, you know, you're kind of banking on that next first-round pick being high for the Texans. And I don't know if things have changed as far as the thought process in that trade because now that you're not getting a high pick from the Texans next, next year, you know, giving up a top three pick, you don't get a lot of chances at those. And, yeah, there was a lot of draft capital, but, you know, I kind of feel like it's maybe a different story now that you look what happened with the Texans. I don't know. That's why, on the flip side, you are correct there because that that portion of it has been, you know, it's always good to get a first-round pick. But, you know, we were thinking it was going to be a high first-round pick. And then as you guys continue to clip off wins, it just keeps tick-tocking on up the, the ladder. So from that aspect, yeah, it really hasn't worked out how they thought it would, but at the same time, like I said, it's still going to be a relatively good pick, even if it's in the middle or upper part of the draft. And the other part is we still have our first-round pick. It's just a matter of where that's going to be, you know, determined by how much we win yeah. with Kyler in the lineup. And that's why I'm kind of curious how long they let him stay in the lineup, whether, like I said, as soon as they, quote-unquote, see enough, they shut him down so they can get Clayton Toon back in there to, uh, like I said, clip off some of these L's to, to, you know, to elevate that pick a little bit. But you are correct. Like, so we thought that pick was going to be much higher initially. And every week it turns out, you know, and here we go. We're coming over to play you. You get a win against us. 
and it'll go even higher, you know? So it's right. really yeah. uh, ironic, you know? <laughs> yeah. A couple of thoughts on the matchup. Uh, just the cards run defense down near the bottom with the Bengals. Devin Singletary took advantage of that last Sunday and about the first sign of life for the Texans running game. There hasn't been much, but the Cardinals, according to the numbers, look way better against the pass, 11th in the league. What's been the good and bad with the Cardinals defense so far? You know, the the lack of talent is killing us, Robert, because we don't have those big names up front anymore. You know, Chandler Jones just a couple years ago, J.J. Watt decides to retire. We let some of our other free agents go. So we don't really have what you would say a stalwart guy up front to help us stop the run. At the same time, our cornerbacks are young and inexperienced. The only marquee name other than Zayvon Collins, who's continuing to get better, uh, is Buda Baker, you know, but he's your safety. He's at the back end of your defense. You know, we constantly watching Buda make his way toward the line of scrimmage and making plays, but you don't necessarily want that dude all the way up there at the line of scrimmage. That's, you know, you get that play action, and next you know you guys are out the backside. So the biggest problem for the Cardinals has been consistency in stopping the run because if you're allowed to run on us, which is most teams do, that opens everything up as far as the rest of their offense. And what's kind of happened to this team is initially they've been able to stay in some of these games all the way into the third quarter. And obviously it's before Kyler, so we'll see what happens moving forward. But with a backup quarterback, you know, we've been able to hang in some of these games, slow other offenses down, but eventually you start to see the cracks by the third and fourth quarter. Teams take advantage of it. We'll either take the lead or but we fall behind too much where we don't have the firepower to come back. You know, so it's it's almost like pick your poison. If we because of the lack of a front, you know, if we send too much to try to help stop the run, we then have trouble covering uh, in the secondary. And uh, a constant enemy of ours is always tight ends or somebody who can infiltrate the middle of our defense because once you do it, it's almost like the floodgates open. So, you know, tight ends have had success against us. On the positive, we haven't given up a bunch of huge plays, meaning over the top, you know, getting beat, but we've allowed teams to do everything, excuse me, everything they wanted in front of us and uh, across the middle of the formations, and that's where our weaknesses are. So, you know, we'll see what the attack is. You know, Singletary, golly, I just picked him up last week on a fluke, you know, on one of my fantasy teams. And, of course, I sat at him. I didn't play him last week because <laughs> I, I thought I had other better options. He would have been the better option. So we'll see how the plan of attack is kind of slated for this week. But I imagine you guys come out and give us a heavy dose of Singletary. Stroud is playing so good right now. You know, he opens up play action, and, you know, he's taking care of the ball, not throwing it to the other team. You know, as long as you guys are careful with it, you know, you should offensively be able to do some things. The miss, the biggest mystery is what is Kyler going to look like in game two? Does he turn this into a shootout or do we see a little of that rust that I thought we might see in the first week? But, you know, it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. I don't know how much you've seen of CJ Stroud because we, we never get it to be on national TV, obviously. But is there any thought for, from you on the MVP buzz? that he's starting to get. Do you feel like that's real? Is that a possibility? Or do you think he's that good? I have been watching him and, you know, I, I got the package and everything. So I nice little setup on Sundays and I get to watch all the games and I've been paying more and more attention to CJ. I've been so impressed 
especially like I just mentioned a minute ago, most rookies, they it's almost like Christmas for them. They love just giving the ball away as much as they you can. Most of the time a mistake, obviously, because everything looks so fast to them out there. What's impressive to me is the game, he was, he's making it look like it's already slowed down a tick for him. You know, you'll hear quarterbacks always talk about they knew like everything started to slow down and that he does not look like he's rushed. He looks like he's reading, going through his progressions. They have a great game plan for him each week, it seems. Uh, you know, like I said, who knows who might be second-guessing themselves even over in Carolina. Maybe he was should have been the number one dude. I'm sure you guys are very happy with what he's done to this point, and I think it's only going to get better. Eventually, what they'll start doing, in my opinion, they'll because right now I'm sure they have a limited amount of stress like on his shoulders, meaning – they're not going to ask him to do too, too much, you know, until obviously it gets to late in the games and he's been able to put the cape on and win a couple in those last, you know, minute, four-quarter drives and stuff like that. But at some point, they're going to get so confident in him that the game plan and everything expands. I like the way they're bringing him along slowly, though, right now. And he showed that, man, this, this game is not too fast for him. He's a very intelligent young man and very – confident and I think he's only going to get better moving forward yeah Bobby Sloak's got a pretty big playbook and he's thrown a lot at him so I don't know much that he has hasn't and can't handle at this point it's pretty amazing Texans favored by five how do you see this game playing out on Sunday man I tell you this is it's going to be interesting as long as you guys don't have that hangover from last week and looking ahead to next week I think this is a game that if you have a good game plan of, hey, let's stay with the run, not get too fancy, let's see if we can take advantage of their front, time of possession to be in your favor. I think this game is it's not going to be a lopsided game because I, I think Kyler will keep us in it, but I do see this game as almost like the announcement that maybe the we should start paying more attention to Houston. This I think a few weeks ago you guys played Carolina, and that was one of those games as you know, you lose it and it's like, how the heck do you go over there and lose that game? Give them their first and only win when everybody's been kind of building you up a little bit. And that might have been the wake up call. We're not as good as everybody is, you know, talking in our ears. So in order for us to win, because we're a young team, some inexperienced in some positions, we have to come with our A game every week. So that might have been a good lesson to learn uh, you know, a few weeks ago. And if the game plan is is tight and everybody stays on point. This should be one of those games where after it's done, I think a lot more people are going to be looking and saying, hey, maybe Houston is for real this 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 year. And they are ahead of schedule, but actually for real. In that seventh spot as far as the playoffs, if they end, if the season ended today. And I do think, uh, myself personally, I am picking you guys to win this one. Um, the spread is, you know, four, four and a half, five in a lot of places. I think you should win comfortably at home. Uh, you know, score-wise, this is one of those 24 to 17 or 20 games. I think it fits right in there. But, I, I you know, I would, I'm would, i definitely going to be picking you guys at home against the Cardinals, who will not give up. It's not going to be an easy win. We're going to fight. But I think you guys just have a little too much talent for us over there. If you're focused, you should win this game. Yeah, you said the Carolina game was a wake-up call. Well, the whole season has been the Texans struggling a little bit against the teams that they – should beat and doing really well mm -hmm. against the good teams. I think they've got the best record of any team in the AFC as far as their percentage against uh, the, the best teams 
in, in, in the SEC. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And I, I don't want to keep you too long, but just find it fascinating. You, you played for the Frankfurt Galaxy, right? In the World League? Yes. Yes. And, and I believe your head coach would have been Ernie Stotner, who yes, sir. was the DC for the Cowboys doomsday defense, two tall Jones, <laughs> Danny White. I kind of grew up, you know, watching some of them. I mean, not a fan of the Cowboys, but you saw him all the time on television for sure in Houston. And yeah, he was a Hall of Fame player going back to the 50s Steelers. So incredible guy to to play for, I would assume. I absolutely loved Ernie. He gave me my start in football because I played nine years of minor league baseball before making the switch. And, you know, the World League was considered a, a possibility for me to, to make the transition. And I remember the very first time I ever met him, Robert, I was told to go to a room because there were eight teams. The only team that was, was going to take a look at me was Ernie. And they were told, look, you know, you can put him on your roster. We won't even count him to your roster. You can keep him as long as you want, cut him if you want. So that was the, like the offering of me to the, the World League. Ernie took the bite. I remember, hey, I was told to go to this room. It was in Atlanta where camp was. Camp had already been going for like a week and a half or two. So I was late getting there. I was told to, you know, go meet the head coach. I knocked on the door of this hotel room. Uh, yeah, come in, open the door. Coach Stoughton, I never even turned around and looked. I said, hey, Mr. You know, Coach Stoughton, my name is that. He's like, I know who you are. You know, go take your physical. If you pass it, I'll see you on the practice field tomorrow. And that was like, okay. So I went and took my physical. Next thing you know, I'm suiting up the next day. And going over there and playing for Coach Stoughton for Ernie, man, that dude was such – I mean, I love – I couldn't have played for a better man, you know, getting back into the game after being away from it. He taught it the right way. Yeah, I mean, also cared about us as human beings, not just football players. And, you know, he was he was such a to, – to, to put him on my roster of coaches that I played for, along with Coach Dan Reeves and a couple of others, that's like – that's like he's on my Mount Rushmore, Robert, in terms of coaches that I played for. Ernie, Dan Reeves, like I said, those, those two dudes. But like I see, that, that's, that's great uh, that you bring him up because he was such a good dude. Yeah, one of the things, if, if people don't know – the legendary taste great, less filling commercials from Miller back in the seventies and eighties. And I think it went on way past that, but those commercials were staples for years and years. And he yeah. was one of the originals on those early commercials <laughs> for, for the taste great, less filling. He was that big a deal back then. And yeah, uh, yeah just an amazing uh, career for him just all the way through, you know, starting with the fifties and all the way through um, yeah, you played baseball, minor league baseball for the Cubs and the White Sox, right? For several yeah, years. Before nine, been- nine years right out of high school. I played with the, I was drafted in the seventh round by the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Al Goldis and his uh, office, you know, got me in the seventh round. I was there through 91, into 91, got traded to the Brewers, spent two and a half years there, then finished up with the Cubs and Indians in my last two years. When it was all said and done, I played nine years you know, reached AAA. I was up in AAA when, you know, different things happened as far as the strike in 94, which spilled into 95. And I also played through the steroid era. So there were so many things going on, Robert, that kind of forced. And I never took a steroid in my life. And I never, I didn't cross any lines during the strike, but things worked out where after nine years, I was kind of sitting around like, man, this is getting ridiculous. And I, I need to go do something else. You know, and I didn't know what that something else was. And I had a crazy thought after thinking about it, about going and playing some football. 
And lo and behold, you know, to be able to get into the NFL, play for Ernie over there in the World League, get back here, play a few years in the NFL, playing a Super Bowl with the Falcons in 98. You're talking about an incredible ride and journey. Uh, and it all, you know, you know, a lot of people ask me, do you regret doing that? I have no regrets at all, you know, because the thought was, well, you made it to the NFL. Well, we'll just think if you'd have went and did that right out of high school. Nah, I got to play two professional sports and, you know, see them uh, and, and experience so much and meet so many great people and so many stories and that, like I said, everything worked out the way it was supposed to. And I uh, truly feel like I was blessed to, you know, do that dual uh, citizenship uh, between both sports. Yeah. And if people don't remember the Falcons, when they went to the Super Bowl, it was, uh, the famous Dirty, Dirty Bird. Bird. Yeah, the Dirty Bird team. And then Chris, was it Chris Chandler, former Houston Oilers, was your quarterback, right? Chris Chandler, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going back. That I blow, had no idea. You know how time flies by on you, Rob. This is the 25th anniversary of that team, the 98 team. So yeah. I was uh, invited back. I'm actually going back December uh, 9th and 10th. Yeah, 9th and 10th, they're actually honoring that team, and they'll do some uh, activities and stuff on the Saturday. They'll have us on the field Sunday, watch the game from a suite. And so I'm going to go back and enjoy this and hopefully see some of my old teammates, you know, some, some great stories and, and just, you know, uh, great fellowship with, you know, that, that for that magical run, but I'm looking forward to it. You know, that sounds pretty fun. Um, remind everybody about your podcast and how they can connect with you on uh, social media. Yeah. Uh, and first off, thank you for having me on, Robert. Really enjoyed uh, being on with you. Uh, if anybody wants to follow me, all my Twitters and, and uh, Instagrams, there's the easy, there's Ed Smith Speaks. So that's all my handles on those. I also do the Easy Sports Talk Show where we're national. We just went national earlier this year. Our, our, our home base is right out of Houston, actually, uh, with Sports Map Radio. So if you go to Sports Map Radio, we're in. 35 states, 98 affiliates across the country, the easy sports talk show, my partner and I, Javon. We also do the Believe in Cardinals podcast. We do that twice a week. If you go to uh, ezsportstalk.com, you can find our schedule on there. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, look up you know, Believe in the Cardinals or the easy sports talk show. We also do podcasts for that three times a week. And then the national show is every Saturday from 1 to three Eastern time on the sports map uh, platform. So those are all the different ways you can follow me. And if anybody's interested in my story and the book, if you go to edsmithspeaks.com, that's edsmithspeaks.com, uh, there's a book page and also radio page and stuff like that. But if you purchase a book directly from my website, it comes from my stash, directly signed by me and mailed out and sent. So I always encourage that over the old Amazon. So if anybody's interested in the story, the uh, the name of my book is Easy Does It, The Journey of a Lifetime. So feel free to go to edsmithspeaks.com if you want to get your copy of that. And like I said, all the other ways you want to follow uh, Javon and myself. And like, once again, can't thank you enough for having me on, Robert. True pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much. It's a hell of a story. I'm sure that, that book and uh, just want to remind also everybody out there that our listeners uh, me and Sean will be back tomorrow talking uh, Texans, Astros hiring Joe Espada, all that stuff. And our last show we just did earlier today, don't miss it because we did a whole thing uh, with uh, Salman Ali talking Houston Rockets, the hottest team in the NBA, the biggest shock of the NBA, and <laughs> some of the storylines going on there. So hell of a lot going on. So uh, we, we, we're doing 
three shows along with our live Texan show as we do every Sunday. So good stuff. Thanks. Thanks again, Ed. And we'll, we'll talk to everybody again tomorrow. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Let's go!